All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Welcome to the DFO Rundown Podcast with Frank Saravalli and Jason Greger on dailyfaceoff.com. Welcome to episode 276 of the DFO Rundown. I'm uh, Jason Greger, and as always, it's brought to you by Botano.ca, where you can get in the game. Of course, uh, NHL, seven games tonight, uh, lighter Friday, and then 13 games on Saturday. You can have uh, prop player bets, everything you like. And then, of course, Sunday, the big match, the Super Bowl, where uh, Botano has you covered for uh, everything you like for prop bets, uh, the color of the Gatorade, to length of the anthem, you name it, they got it, Botano. <laughs> C-A. You know what I bet on every year? What? The coin flip. Well, you got a 50% chance. Uh, it's some of the best odds you can get all day. Probably true. What do you bet? Do you always go heads or tails? Oh, or? tails never fails, buddy. Can never go, never go with heads. And just like in a when I play roulette, I never you will never see me bet red. I do not bet red. Really? Once you go Stay. black, you never go back. Mm-hmm. Black and tails is what you are, right? Mm-hmm. All right. Okay. Um, we are, it's February 8th when we are recording this. Exactly uh, one month from the NHL trade deadline, which of course goes uh, on Friday, March 8th. And uh, Frank, uh, some uh, some guys off the trade board, of course, last week with uh, Lynn Holman Mon- Monaghan getting moved. And so you got the, uh, the new trade targets came out and... Uh, not a big surprise, but the uh, Calgary Flames occupying the top spots, probably not where they want to be as an organization. But uh, Noah Hannafin, 27 years of age, pending UFA, cap hit of 4.95 million. 
And then Chris Tanev is number two. He's 34 years of age, 4.5 million AAV in the final year of his deal. Um, you know, Hannafin's age, I would think, would likely make him more attractive to a team, especially if you can uh, re-sign him. But, you know, Chris Tanev is definitely maybe more of a, of a defensive specialist over Hannafin. So, um, you know, you look at these two teams and, like, you know, Toronto beat Dallas again last night. It's still like that would be an obvious team. Who, which other teams do you see interested in Hannafin? Oh, I mean, the fascinating part about Hannafin is that we also now have some pretty good indication based on the way his negotiation went of yeah. what his market looks like. So no one's really going in blind. I think the understanding was that he was looking at an eight year deal for 60 million flat, which would be seven and a half a year. Yeah. The flames put that on the table. They were waiting at the end of the aisle, but he got cold feet and didn't sign it. Yeah. So they're awaiting word this week. It's not a stone cold mortal lock that he gets moved, even though he's the new number one. But for me, he's the premier defenseman available on the rental market. And he's going to stay there until he signs a new deal. Yeah. Makes sense. I get why Um, he, uh, now we've seen guys come down to the wire and obviously if he doesn't get a new deal, I'm guessing Calgary's got no choice. They're going to have to trade him. I don't think they'd want to risk uh, having him walk away in the summer like Johnny Gaudreau did uh, for absolutely nothing. So it makes sense in that regard. Now, Chris Tanev, you think uh, like doesn't seem like there's much negotiation there. Like Tanev is more, more of a lock. Do you think to, to be dealt or what if Hannafin doesn't resign? Do you think they could pivot and resign Tanev instead? Oh, I think Tanev. I think Tanev is a lock to be traded. I just think with where they're heading, knowing that they're probably not going to be a, they may be a playoff team next year, but they're not going to be a contending team the next couple years until they can, you know, get moving in a different direction. Which they're they're now well on their way after these trades. I mean, think about what Craig Conroy has turned. Tyler Toffoli, Nikita Zadaroff, and Elias Lindholm into in just eight months. They, you know, if they're also moving Hannafin and Tanev, like you've got a stockpile now from which you can deal. And that's a pretty intoxicating feeling, I'd imagine. Um, but Tanev just doesn't, he doesn't fit their timeline to me. And as much as they like him, I think the value is elsewhere. It doesn't really make a lot of sense for them to re-sign him. And uh, like I'll add Ottawa into the mix too. Like it's been bizarre to, to hear like I get coveting Chris Tanev, but why would you trade for him now when you could potentially just wait and get him in the summer? It depends if you, you know, it'd be like trading for his rights earlier, except, uh, you know, like what's the cost going to be for Tanev? That's I'm kind of curious about, right? Um, it's a second. Yeah. Well, so, you know, like, We've seen guys in the past, Frank, you know, you trade for the rights a week or two before, and sometimes it's a fifth, sometimes it's a fourth and stuff like that. So maybe if they value him that much, they say, let's just bite the bullet and not risk it. Now, I can see the counter argument and say, well, just wait and offer a fifth or a fourth um, to a team at that point. But I think there's also the risk of if a team that acquires Chris Tanev gets him and they have some playoff success, you know how guys are like, oh, well, now I've been here for a few months. I kind of like it. More likely to resign there. Yeah, I get it. Um, I, I guess my thing is 
I, I would just wait and see how he plays. I'd, I'd want to see the whole thing start to finish if I'm an acquiring team on Tanev. Where is he at? How much impact do you think he can make? And then the next thing is cost. Because it's still, it's not even though it's probably shorter term, it, it's not going to be cheap. It's still probably in the four to four and a half million dollar range a year. Like, I, I don't think he's taking, he's not at the point in his career. He hasn't made a pile of money like Mark Giordano where he could sign in Toronto for minimum or 900,000 bucks. Can't, can't walk away from that extra coin on a year to year basis. Um, I just think Calgary's in such an enviable position to be in. You've got the best, potentially best rental defenseman, then the next best rental defenseman in Tanev. And I wonder how much the Shillington return has changed their perspective a little bit when it comes to Hannafin. At the time that they offered Hannafin in October and were close to signing him, Shillington was in the country, but not anywhere close to coming back to play. Now that he's back, if you can go and he's still also a pending UFA and no guarantee that he comes back, but if you are to keep him and you could go Uyghur, Anderson, Shillington, that at least covers you off a lot better than only having two of those guys, which I think was part of the reason why they really were pushing to keep Hannafin is, hey, look, if we're really looking at two to three years from now, we could maybe replace two to three defensemen on our roster, but it's going to be hard to, to replace four of them in a two-year period of time of guys that we really believe in that can make a difference. So I think Calgary's in a great spot now. They could keep Hannafin, and they're well solidified for the future. And if not, they're going to get a haul. He's by far the most impactful rental defenseman available. Yeah, no, that's fair. Now you've moved Jake Gensel way down your list because he's not official. He's always been way down at the bottom. Yeah. FYI. And um, he, uh, you know, until the Penguins, I think are really like to me, if he's getting traded, it likely happens in 48 hours before the deadline. Right. Um, They look at where they're at and, and we see they got games in hand on Pittsburgh that a huge win coming out of the, out of the break, uh, shutting out uh, Winnipeg. And it's funny, Frank, I was looking at the, at the Penguins when they decide to play, like they've shut up, they dominated Vegas in a game. They've dominated, and that was before Vegas was hurt. And they dominated Winnipeg in, in a game. And they had another, uh, they shut out uh, another top team. I don't know if it's Boston, I can't remember who, but either way, like some top teams. Then, of course, they'll, you know, they'll soil themselves doing other things. And really, if their power play, I crunch, if their power play was just average, just average, not great, just average, how many more wins would they have? And I, so they score the two goals on the PP against Winnipeg. And I just, like, I still, I don't see Gensel getting moved. I just think Pittsburgh is now some can say it's a bad move. And I understand that, but I, I just don't see them wanting to just give away the season. Cause I still believe if you get to the postseason in the East, Frank, I don't care what seed number you are this year. I don't see a dominant lock team to say, okay, it's going to be really hard. Like the two wildcard teams in the West are going to have a much harder team against Vancouver, or Colorado or mm-hmm. Dallas or Winnipeg. than like the New York Rangers, are they unbeatable? No. Heck, Shesterkin's not even their starter right now. Jonathan Quick's running the show in the, in New York. Obviously, it's temporary, but still, right? So that's why I could see why Pittsburgh's like, let's just get in. Uh, that's that's why I think it's going to come all the way down to the to March eighth. I I think 
they've got plenty of time. Look, Kyle Dubas worked under Lou Lamorello. If you have time, use it. That's his slogan. Yeah. Makes sense. Why wouldn't you wait until the very last minute possible to make that determination one way or the other? There's no reason why you can't field calls in between now and then to at least have teams express their interest. So you know what the market looks like or have some idea of who you're calling in the last 72 hours before the deadline. But what if they are in the same spot that they are right now? They're basically one win away on points percentage from being in. And to your point, the East is pretty open. And more than that, they're so committed to this core with the contracts they have. And frankly, what they've given up, giving up the first round pick for Carlson, they already don't have it. Yeah. You've, you've spent your assets. So Me personally, I think if you're out 72 hours, even if it's three points, I think you have to trade Jake Ensel. Hmm. And I think you have to take a hard line stand because after Gensel, the next big question is who? Who on your Penguins roster is going to bring you any sort of return in a trade? And I'm not including Sidney Crosby in that group because I don't think he's getting traded at any point. Tell me uh, on like of among your team, uh, you know, maybe at some point as a pending UFA or something, or if you really get creative, you could move Evgeny Malkin. Tell like, tell me who on this team is going to generate a return for them outside of Gensel. That's going to kickstart the rebuild because they are heading for the longest period of darkness that we're going to see in the NHL since the Oilers. Uh, I'll tell you, Chicago is a long way from seeing the light. Um, I disagree. Oh, okay. They've already done the hardest thing. They've got the franchise centerpiece. How many teams meander forever and end up with just guys? I know. We had topics. We had a, we had a, 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 you know, not knocking on the Rangers because, and they've played fine, but like, there's a big difference between getting Connor Bedard and getting Alexi Lafreniere. So they've done the hardest thing you can do, which is get the fran- It's a lot easier to fill out. I know the Oilers are proof of how hard it is, but it's a lot easier to recruit talent when you are a big market, big spending team where people want to play and live. Just, just look at this summer and how active the Hawks are going to be. They're not going to have a massive turnaround for next season. But 2025-26, that's the year that you're going to see the Hawks on the rise. Oh, well, considering the Hawks now, if it wasn't for COVID, Frank, the Hawks, this would be year number eight of missing the playoffs, right? So um, next year will be nine. So I could see if, if maybe they start to see some light. Um, you know, the COVID. Well, what's what's the, ex- the two things the Hawks and Pens have in common? Well, they have, they, well, they got Bedard. Well, right. no, it, they've both won three Stanley Cups prior to entering the period of darkness. Yeah, yeah. Oh, no, and, and that's, that's what I'm saying. But that's a bit also a big differentiator, right? Yes. Oh, God. Yeah, yeah. No, Edm- Edmonton's was was terrible. There's no doubt. Like, trust me, it's it'd be hard to be worse than that. Um, but I just I look at Chicago and after Connor Bedard, like, you know, you can go out and, and you can sign veterans, but 
how many really quality veterans are there every year in free agency? Right. And you can overpay guys and get good players, like, you know, good character guys like Nick Felino. And I understand all of that. But at the end of the day, like I've always said, Bedard was really the start of their rebuild. Kevin Korchinski, maybe if you want to say is year one of, of their top picks, Bedard's only number two. So they're going to have a lot of picks coming. I, I won't be surprised if there's another three years without playoffs in Chicago at all, which means they'll probably have three outdoor games in the meantime uh, <laughs> between then. So but I, I, let's make a wager because I, I the today is or yesterday was three years to the day since we dropped our first DFO rundown episode one. Paul Maurice mm-hmm. was our first guest. If we're still doing this in 2026, what can I wager with you that the Blackhawks make the playoffs that year? So they're making the playoffs. You're saying in two years from, from like today, two years from now, they will be in a playoff run and then they're going to make it. Yeah. I think they're going to be one of the last teams in. Hmm. I don't know. It's a long, it's a long ways away for a bet. Yeah. Well, I'm just throwing it out there. Well, we got plenty of time to discuss the, the yeah, terms. We'll, we'll, dis- we'll discuss the parameters. But that's yeah. uh, I'm, I'm feeling it. It's going to okay. happen. All right. Um, uh, a, a few guys. I was looking at your your trade rate bait board, Frank, and I'm uh, I, uh, you look at Philadelphia's interesting one, right? Um, you know, John Tortorella felt lack of practice, lots of games. Their team was getting tired. They lost five in a row. They come back, they win their first game. But you still have two flyers. And they've said it before on the record is, hey, where we're at in our rebuild, there'll be some guys who get moved that maybe you don't think so. And they have two of them in your top 10, uh, Sean Walker, uh, Scott Lawton. Um, what about Konechny? Do you think there's, like, what would it take for them? I know you've talked about it, but you don't have them on your list. So is your discussion, like, you think that they're not interested in moving him right now? I, I mean, I don't know. I don't think they're dying to to move him or anything like that. I think it would take an incredible offer. And I think with a player of Konechny's stature, it makes way more sense to involve double the field of potential teams in the summer if you're really going to do it. I yeah. I I get the idea of having him for an additional playoff run, but I don't think the price difference between now at the deadline and connect me in the summer is going to be different. And I still, I think they have to have something left. They have to have a common thread that fans can buy into. And, you know, you're starting to see a little bit of that, like Owen Tippett signing his long-term deal. Um, Konechny obviously is he's been really the heartbeat of that team and to remove him I think they it would send a tough message to the marketplace more than some of the other guys that I think they're real conscious of that they've they like what they've built there has to be some sort of tie over Uh, uh, that's fair um now the one guy you don't have on your list Frank is the one guy I would have on my list because now, I, I don't think they can get back in it. The New Jersey Devils and Tyler Toffoli, right? He's He's got two. He's won a cup. He's having a great year. He had a very good year last year. Um, now, maybe they don't want to just, you know, move him right away or not because they feel like, hey, let's just try to resign him first. So I understand that. But I think he's a player that have lots of interest for teams, right? Especially if the Devils are retaining salary. Yeah, but they're another team that's one win away from being in. Quite literally on points percentage. Well, no, because if they, even if they won both of their games, um, they would still be one point back of Detroit. So, right, because they're five back with two in, games in hand. So, 
You're right. I get that they're... three games in hand on Tampa. Tampa's at 578 points percentage. New Jersey's at 552. And they just got Jack Hughes back. Like, I just think yeah. it's too early. So that's fair. The point is, first off, people get twisted. Trade targets is a living, breathing list. So if Noah Hannafin were to sign today, oh, he's obviously off the list. Right. But more than that, it's too early on some of these guys. I I think the Devils, more than the Penguins, owe it to themselves after what they gave up for Toffoli yeah. to see it through. See what see how the dynamic changes with Jack Hughes back. Are you going to spend some of the Dougie Hamilton money to improve your defense? What about your goaltending? And if so, I'd, you know, to to your point, the sooner the devils act, the better. Waiting closer to March 8th is not going to help them. Is it certainly not going to help them make a decision on Toffoli? No. Well, I'll say this, Frank. I know you're watching the game last night. Like the East is is really wide open with teams. The Flyers, the Lightning, the Red Wings, everybody's in it. And Sergachev last night, and I don't know if you saw him after the game. So oh. Sergachev, anybody who wasn't watching the game, he goes down on a reverse hit. Looked like he looked like he hurt his ankle. He just came back and then he he took to us his own social media post and said, quote, oh man. Why me? Why now? After all the games missed, coming back and getting injured again feels unfair. Feels terrible. Trying to stay calm and positive, but it's impossible. After doing everything right, I get this. The universe is unpredictable. It has its own plan. But fuck the universe, man. I know I'll come back stronger and I know I'll play better than before, but it's tough right now and it's going to be tough tomorrow. So obviously doesn't sound like it's a short-term injury for Sergachev on the back end for, for Tampa Bay. It looked like his ankle snapped for sure. Oh, yeah. Um, it was a gruesome. Do not watch that in slow motion. Um, that's tough. I mean, it, I I wonder for a Tampa team that was already looking for defense. Does this does this spell a death knell to their season? And I say that for a team that's in a playoff spot, but. Sergachev was a, getting him back was a huge part of their push. And now with two holes to fill, do you suddenly sit back and say it might not be worth the assets to do it? Well, they've never done it yet, right? Uh, Breeze Ball has never, uh, he, he's never been um, hesitant to make big moves. So they yeah. haven't done it yet, but it doesn't mean they won't. Right. That I mean, that that's a huge difference between then and now. But they're guys that, like, look at the, you got Nikita Kucherov for, for three more years after this. Braden Point has what, another six years after this? You know, Sergachev's on a big deal. Cernak's on a big deal. Uh, Vasilevsky's got uh, four years after this. Like, I know Steven Stamkos is, is a UFA, but Sorelli's long term. Nick Paul's long term. Braden Hagel's long term. Like, I, I just don't see them, Frank, uh, putting out now, maybe for one year and they say, okay, but who could you trade? Like, if you're Tampa, you know, you don't really have a, a lot of assets that you would move unless you're moving Steven Samkos, right? But there's no one no, else that, even on like he's a, already he already said publicly he's not doing that. Yeah, exactly. And I, that was never it was uh, that was one of those situations where I saw the quote and I was like, that's odd that anyone would even think of it as new. Like it never was even on my radar that Steven Stamkos could be a guy that could move. Yeah. And so they don't have anybody, is my point. Like I don't but Assets are you? Moving? I'm not saying trade away. I'm just saying, what if you just stand pat? That that was no, my yeah. point. Yeah. Why no, do you, I, like? Doesn't the doesn't the Tanner Janot trade from last year 
stand out as really poor. Well, yeah. And they don't have, they already don't have a first and a second this year and they don't have a first and 25. Well, so. yeah, because you traded a first, second, third, fourth, and fifth plus Cal foot for Janot last year. Mm-hmm. He's got six goals this year. Yeah. I know he's hurt right now, but six goals. <laughs> so the other common thread was the last couple of years. If you look back in their playbook, they traded for Hagel who had term gave up a lot to get him, but then extended him. Nick Paul traded for him, extended him seven year deal. Like it's if you're going to see Julian Brisebois make a splash, which I'm not convinced he is, especially after the Sergachev, if he's going to trade for someone, it's it's either someone with term or someone that he can readily extend. Probably. Yeah. Or like a, if he could get just a defenseman, Frank, for a, a mid-round pick, I could see him doing something like that. Not a, not a massive um, turn. And, you know, like if Chris Tanev's only a second, like what is Matt Dumba going to gonna require? Right? Like maybe, not they, maybe they just, yeah. So maybe they just say, hey, you know what? We'll, we'll bring in Matt Dumba. We know Sergachev's out. And, and now nah, I know, you know, different side, all that. I understand it, but still. You, uh, no, there are would, I can see that making sense. Yeah. There are, are ways there other teams split. in that mode that you think, like, where do you come out on the Leafs? Oh, gosh. should the they Leafs be a team defense, that, that right now no should be, if you're not ready to make a splash, nibble around the edges? Well, I think they have to add a defenseman for sure, maybe two. Uh, I'd also think it's at some point you, you can't just play six forwards, can't do it. Um, you got to have some trust in some of your other players, I would think. And um, that'd be just me, though. As Is far it as trust or team. lack of production? I got, you know, chicken and the egg formula for sure, right? Um, but play if guys are, are struggling, Frank, playing them less isn't going to help them struggle less. You know what I mean? Well, we've seen that. Yeah. So, um, but I still think, you know, like, the, hey, the Leafs, like, they're big gun score. There's no question about that. But. I, I still think they have to improve their their back end. Oh, but I, like if, here's the thing: I I think Brad Tree Living is not only has he been active, but he's willing to be aggressive and trade the first round pick, but only if he can kill multiple birds with one stone. Now, Meaning, if you're saying like the ten is only a second, I'd be curious as to why. Like, why wouldn't Toronto jump on that already? Like, you don't have to give. They up don't your have first. a second. They don't have a second for three years. That's their problem. And Calgary has said to Toronto, we know you're interested, but since you don't have a second, it's not going the other way. The price is a first. And so then I think the conversation has been, well, if it is a first, what would we need to add to get Tanev and Hannafin? Mm. Well, that would be a blockbuster. And in that case, you could see it making sense. Like, okay, if you're Mm going to trade the first, then you might as well at least, and then you could, if you, had the inkling t- to re-sign Hannafin, not Tanev. Yeah. Yeah, because, yeah, Calgary doesn't want, like, they wouldn't take two lower picks, like, they wouldn't take two-thirds instead of one no. second? No. There's that, that, that doesn't equate on the draft value chart. No. And not oh, when no. other teams are offering a second. Why would yeah, you? Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, no, that's fair. So, but the, the other name on your board, like when you go through the board and you look at guys that you think are, could, could be 
quiet. Like, you have two goalies in the top 10 and Jake Allen and Marc-Andre Fleury. And when, when you look at the, the goaltending market, it's, you know, it's obviously unstable. I think Colorado is still one that would seem like an obvious one to me. To like they, and they need a goalie to me sooner than later, simply because you don't want to you don't want to overplay Georgia more than you already have, right? So mm-hmm. to me, that's the one. Um, that's the I one where Mark Andre Fleury makes so much sense. Yeah, hundred. He wants to play. He wants to contribute. Like if he's going to raise his hand and move, which is not a lock. He he doesn't want to just sit there and be a cheerleader who smiles and opens up the door. He's a competitor. He wants to play. If you know that you've played Georgiev too much, and Chris McFarland has admitted as such that they'd much yeah. they'd like him to be closer to 55 games than be on track for 66, like he is, that he's the perfect guy down the stretch to do it. Plus the additional playoff insurance along the way. And and by the way, Georgiev's because he's played so much, his numbers are not out of this world. Like it's, it's not a foregone conclusion to say that flurry with, with can, you know, equal play. Does he, does he have a chance to supplant Georgiev? I think the answer to that would be yes. Yeah. Um, so I unlikely, I at, but it would at least no, you'd have to consider it if it happened. It'd be an option. Cause outside of Colorado, like, like maybe LA at Vancouver doesn't need a goalie. I don't think Edmonton's really in the market for uh for a goalie at this point. Uh, Dallas, no. Winnipeg, no. Um, Vegas, no. So you look at LA, it's maybe, and Colorado in the West. Uh, in the East, you know, you go down the list of teams. Um, Philadelphia, I think, w- would be in one, obviously, no. with with, no. with Carter Hart gone if they wanted no. one. Nope, right? they like Sam Erson. Yeah, but even just a backup is all I'm they saying. Don't, right? They have they have Cal Peterson. Oh yeah, I guess yeah. They don't need him. They look at um, Rangers, no. The Islanders, no. Pittsburgh, no. Carolina, yes. All right, like so. Those, like, there's only a few teams that I look at that I think need goalies, right? So, Carolina, what about Toronto? Are you I, I comfortable with, with Sam Sonoff? I think with their three, I think I, if if I'm Toronto and I'm looking to move assets, like I guess if I can get my defenseman first and I still have room, then I would look, but. To me, their main priority first is defense rather than goaltending. They've got three goalies, right? Yeah. Wall's not like Wall's not out for the year. No, I and I really like Joe Wall. And yeah, so I don't see a goalie there. I think the market for Flurry is probably a third. Yeah. Colorado just it makes too much sense for me. Um well, but Carolina, Carolina would make a lot. Yes, I don't too. sleep on don't sleep on the Hurricanes either. Those are those are the only three teams I see potentially. And but the thing is, like David Riddich, Frank has played really well given the opportunity. I know that people will look and say, "Hey, I don't know," but let's be honest. At this time last year, no one in their right mind thought Aiden Hill was going to be Aiden Hill. Yeah. Goaltending, it's, it's so weird from year to year. And, and so Riddich, what about New Jersey? Yeah, I guess you could throw in the Devils too. That's fair. But like you said, I don't think the Devils, if they do it, they're going to be, you know, now we could argue that maybe it'd be better to do it sooner because uh, if you wait too long, then your goaltending is not good. By then, it hasn't improved your lot in the in the playoff race. But yeah, Devils I'd put in as a fourth team. That's fair. Uh, if I'm New Jersey and I'm trading for a goalie, I'd want someone that has a little bit of term. I want stability. Jake Allen? Jake Allen would make sense to me. So would... What about Merz Leakins? Nah. 
I don't, I wouldn't want that much term, that much dollars. Like that's the great thing about Montreal and the spot that they're in with Jake Allen. The key to the Sean Monahan trade was that they didn't retain money. Mm-hmm. And now they have one they, spot left open. Left. So if it's retaining on Allen, great. And if not, they're going to use it to help facilitate a trade before the deadline on March 8th that they can, they could be pretty aggressive now. If you eat half on Allen, you get him down to one something. That's a pretty attractive deal for a couple of years for a guy that's been really rather consistent and hasn't played with a great team in front of him. Yeah. And the Joel Edmondson uh, retainer falls off at the end of this season. So then they get a new one starting again next year. Yeah. And cause they're probably, they're probably in a similar position. So yep. It's uh, uh, you know, it's interesting with all the trade talk a month out, which teams are, are looking at what and yeah, you know, I, I always like to look at the trade bait board for guys I think that can be impact guys that can help your team because it's not always the big swing, to be honest, right? It's just looking for, you know, depth guys uh, that, that you feel can get hot at the right time. Like, you know, like I still like Vladdy Tarasenko, man. There's there's something about Tarasenko that I wonder that, you know, Ottawa is probably going to retain half. You know, you get rid of him. I don't think he's commanding a big return, Frank. I think there's a chance that there's a guy who, you know, just I'm talking about scoring key goals. There's not many better shooters available than Tarasenko. I think that's fair. He also holds all the cards, which is part of the problem. He has a full no trade. Yeah. And he just fired his agent and hired another one for the second time in seven months. He, He went with teammate Brady Kachuk's uncle, Craig Oster of Newport Sports. So what is, what's his end game there? Yeah. What is What's he trying to do? Is he trying to get out? Is he trying to stay there? Is he typically you don't fire your agent unless you're looking to do something different. Yes. Yeah. So that's fair. And the other guy that he doesn't get talked about a lot around, uh, you know, circles, but I'm telling you for, if you're looking for a role player, Nick Dow from the Washington Capitals, I wouldn't be surprised, Frank, if he ends up getting bigger returns. Some people are like, what? Nick Dowd got that? I think Nick it would Dowd's- be a first round pick. Yeah, he offer he offers a lot for some people. people's heads explode when I say that, but that's that's what the price would be for Nick Dowd. First round pick. Yeah, well, he's because he's got term, right? He's not just a UFA. Yeah, and I know he's not a center, but one guy I'd give a real long look to is Brandon Duhame of the Wild. He is the prototype bottom six winger for a playoff team. He flies. Yeah. He forechecks his ass off, has edge and grit, and he chips in the odd goal every now and again. Last year, he's at nine goals. And he barely makes any money. Mm -hmm. That's the key. So what can you get if, if if you're Minnesota? Can you get a second round pick? Yeah, and I, I, that's see to me that's where I'm always I'm always torn, right? Like, yeah, you look at the potential and the odds of what a second round pick will be. Are they going to be better than the Duhane? Right now, now he is a UFA, so maybe that's what they're worried about and all that stuff that he's just going to walk anyway. Well, yeah, so. he just went through arbitration with them. Yeah, and you're going to need to pay him to stay. I think if you're mini, what you do is cash in on the pick if you can and 
try and create another Brandon Duhame somewhere else. Yeah. Like I just, like he did have nine goals last year, but he had 10 points, right? Like how much is he going to get in free agency would be my question, right? Like, is he really going to be that much more expensive? He right? Like he's on pace. Resign him. Yeah. Well, he's, yeah, I guess. Yeah. How often does that happen? We talk about it all the time, but how many guys get free ever? Exactly. So um, usually, you know, team, by the way, I also speaking of that, I wouldn't rule out Monaghan coming back to Montreal. I'm not saying it's likely, but I think that they'd be interested in that. Yeah. See, don't you think the jets are interested in resigning them? They should be. Yeah. That's Rick I, bonus. I mean, I know it's one game, but Rick bonus raved about him. Oh, and he's played in Canada lots. So he likes it. So, you know, the jets clearly there's an opening right there. Like it, to me, the minute the trade went down, I said, man, it makes a lot of sense to see a resign right there. Right. Like to me, this is Paul Stastny all over. Yeah. Just a different player. If you get a chance, go back and watch our daily face off live from Monday. We had John Goyans on who's, he does a lot of the Habs games on color on radio. So he's yeah. seen Monahan all year, but he's unreal at breaking down film. And he showed all the different spots that the jets have struggled on their 24th ranked power play because they don't have someone to play the bumper position. And Monahan has executed that so well this year for the Habs. The video was, it was excellent to explain why he's the perfect fit. In, yeah. in addition to being a 200 foot guy that, has had a great season, just the bumper power play position alone. If he can improve them half in the standings to go from 24th to 12th, they'll be that much more of a dangerous team, especially when it comes to the playoffs. Now, what about the top teams, Frank? Um, you know, none of their players are on the trade bait board, obviously, but, but when you look at, you know, like Vegas and what they would be interested in, I think most people know what Edmonton's looking at. Um, you know, you look at, at a team like, like Dallas, for instance, or Boston or the Rangers, you know, how busy do you think these top teams are going to be at the deadline? I think the Rangers are going to be pretty aggressive. Um, There was a report out there that the Rangers weren't interested in moving their first round pick because they're, um, because they're hosting the draft at the sphere and the Rangers owner owns the sphere that the Rangers want to, you know, make a big splash at the draft. I don't, I wouldn't put that much stock into that. I don't think the Rangers are going to let the draft being at the sphere get in the way of improving their team. That's the way I would explain it. So we know that they were after Lindholm. We know that they probably need two centers. Yeah. Where can they mine those guys that will be really good fits? And what's the price? That's really what New York's looking at. And wouldn't be shocked to also see them grab a winger, you know, maybe one center and a winger. Think back to the last couple of years, Tarasenko right side. Yeah. Patrick Patrick Kane Kane. right side. Like they, you know, it's easy to see that, see it there. Uh, Before we get to Tyler, um, I saw you tweet out, Frank, uh, the Arizona cut, as you'd mentioned on Monday's pod, how you thought there was a third option of someone else coming in and potentially, uh, offering to buy the team. And, uh, turns out it's the, uh, it's a guy who's wheeled and dealed. And I know he, he, uh, he bought more sons games on, on free cable in Arizona and fans were, uh, were loving it. So what, uh, what do you make? I saw your tweet last. Are night. you a Suns fan, by the way? 
Uh, I like the Suns. Yeah, yeah. I've been to their games because we were there, but I wouldn't say I'm a Suns fan. No, I like their team, but I'm not like a fan. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think Matt Ishbia, the owner of the Suns, is part of this. And I don't, I'm not saying he won't be and, and not ever, but I don't, I don't think he's in the mix now. And I don't really think it's on their radar. I think whatever is playing out with the Coyotes, which it's really kind of hard to handicap because what you begin to get into is a, you know, a franchise issue in and of itself where the league has been really clear with Arizona. You need to present us your concrete plan and not just the, Hey, well, we're going to do this. No, it's, these are the steps that we've taken to put shovels and steel in the ground on a new arena. They, they need a concrete plan and they don't have one. And I don't, to my knowledge, they aren't really close to one. And you heard Marty Walsh put them on blast that at some point the league is going to have to step in and say, whatever the situation, however it plays itself out, whether you sell the team yourself to someone else and it relocates, we force you to sell the team or you, we, you sell the team to us, whatever happens next, there's something coming in Arizona and soon. And I, I reported earlier this week, potentially as soon as this weekend, but it's, it's happening. They're on the clock. And I'm not saying they're absolutely relocating because I've outlined a couple of ways in which they could stay, including selling the team to another owner who then privately, that's why Matt Ishbia from the Suns came up, which would be, hey, park the team at Footprint Center where the Suns play, improve the ice plant as a temporary solution. You're going to overnight almost quadruple the attendance for the Coyotes at least in terms of available seats yes. moving from mullet arena, have that be a temporary stopgap for a couple of years. And in the meantime, Matt Ishbia having both teams in his portfolio is a lot easier to negotiate with. And he has a lot more incentive on his own right to build a new arena privately where you don't need to rely on government sources for land or something like that to get something done. And so that was the thought process. Now, unless there's some other other mystery Arizona businessman that steps up and is willing, or business person is willing to step up and buy the team and do all that privately, it seems like the only other option then is to move the team. Yeah. I wonder if they would, uh, if they're relocating, they would announce it, you know, so the fans get one final game or would they prefer to do it differently like they did with Atlanta, I wonder. So I'm not well, sure if that I mean look, here's the truth. A lot of the tickets I'd imagine for the Coyotes for the rest of the season are already sold since it is a small arena. Right. Yeah. That you're probably not going to experience a huge hit. There might be some nostalgia of you like you said, going to see yeah. a team. Or if you're an opposing fan, like Tyler and the nation vacation. They, they wanted to make sure they got to mullet arena before the, you know, the viewing situation changes and they, it's a unique experience in a small environment to see an NHL team. You know, I don't think you're, you're going to run into like what the Oakland A's did last year where you're getting 437 people at a game. Yeah. Could be wrong. Let's bring in uh, Tyler, your to the program. 
There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Ty, how you doing? I'm doing good, boys. Ready to roll with a new edition of Buy or Sell, which is, as always, delivered by DoorDash. For a limited time, our Canadian listeners can get 25% off and zero delivery fees on their first order of $15 or more. All you need to do is download the DoorDash app and enter the promo code NATION25. Let's take a little bit of a break from the trade talk. I got this one for you to kick off buy or sell. Brendan Dillon getting three games was too damn high. Buy or sell, Gregs? I'll sell. I, you know what? It's a headshot. Now, it wasn't nearly as bad as Gallagher. Let's make that abundantly clear, right? Uh, you, that's in the course of a play. You're going for a hit. Um, the, the fact the helmet pops off, it's... Kind of hard to argue that it wasn't contact to the head. I will buy. I, I think this, if you were going to do it, it's a one game suspension. And part of it is, look, I understand the point that Department of Player Safety made in the video, which is they think it's on Brendan Dillon with the angle of attack that he takes. Me personally, watching that hit in real time, I don't think anyone loves the end result, which is a player who obviously has been hit to the head. I just look at that play and I say, man, it looks like a look. It looks like a hockey play to me. Like he didn't stick his arm out or his elbow. It's a hard shoulder and it's unfortunate, but I, I personally, I was pretty comfortable with this hit in real time. And I thought the major and getting kicked out of the game was enough for me. Yeah, that's kind of where I came out on it as well. I was surprised to see him get more than a game. I thought even two would have been extreme. Uh, All right, moving along to the next one. You guys know I love talking about 50 goal scorers. Last year, we got five of them in the NHL. So far this season, we have eight players who are on pace. And it's roughly eight because Brock Besser is on pace for like 49.4. But I'm including him in the conversation. You got Matthews. Reinhardt, Pasternak, McKinnon, Kucherov, Panarin, Besser, and Zach Hyman with uh, 30 goals in 45 games so far this season. I'm going to say four of those players end up hitting the 50 goal mark. Buy or sell, Frank? 
I'm going to sell. I think seven of the eight, the guy that I don't think is going to get there is going to be Besser. I think he's going to slow down a bit. And it's been an unreal year for him, but he's already slightly south of the pace and it's not really going to take that much more. You know, you have a five game run where you don't, you know, you, you score once all of a sudden it's really going to drop. And I feel pr- pretty confident health wise. I mean, look at Matthews and Reinhardt are most of the way there. Yeah. McKinnon, no doubt uh, for me, it would, I think it would be the first time he hits 50 in his career. Right. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, Panarin. I mean, Panarin is maybe the real surprise. Is he not? I mean, Besser. Is, let me park that. Besser is a huge surprise, based on the way the last couple of years went. But Panarin is not. He's not typically been a goal scorer. He's been an assist guy. Yeah, he's got a yeah. couple. I mean, of Panarin's already. He, this is already his career high. Yeah. Think about that. We're only what we're 51 games into the season. He's already, he's one off of his career high. Jay, I'm going with 450 goal scorers. Are you buying or selling on that? Well, Matthews, Reinhardt and Pasternak are for sure. As I think McKinnon, the way he's playing now, him and Kucherov, neither one of them has ever scored more than 42. So, um, you know, for both of those guys, it's going to be career years and goals too. Um, I don't see Panarin getting there. Frank just outlined all the reasons why I don't think he's going to get there because we've never seen him score like this before. So um, Besser, I agree. His numbers have have slowed down. Um, Zach Hyman's, you know, obviously his career high is only 36. So I'm going to go 50 is hard, man. I will say five. All right. Uh, It's interesting to see a guy like Brock Besser as well. He's got three hat tricks on the season, one of which was a four goal game. So 10 of his goals already this season have come in a three game, three game span. I guess you could kind of say Nathan McKinnon also has two four goal games already this year. No hat tricks, just two four goal games for uh, for Nate Mack as well. So I was digging through some numbers a little bit. So technically that would be two hat tricks. Yeah, I know. You know what I'm saying? He hasn't finished with three. He has two four goal games, no three goal games, which is just kind of a weird thing. Panarin, Uh, by the way, has four in his last six. So not really slowing down. Uh, All right, let's wrap up with one more trade related one. We've already seen two first round picks get moved in the last month. I'm going to say we will see four at least four more first round picks move before the deadline. Buy or sell, Gregs. Four more? Four more, Frank. Come on, let's get aggressive. Four more. Oof. Wow. Two in the East, two in the West. Nope. Nah, I don't, unless there's some guys like my caveat to that is unless there's a team that suddenly has a Matias Ekholm like player who's, you know, got lots of term left, like John Carlson in Washington. I'll use him as an example. Got two years extra. What if John Carlson, the Caps, you know what? They have, you know, I'm not saying it's going to happen. I'm just saying that would be a player that could command a first, right? He's got term. Where did this name come from? Like, did you just pull this out of your ass? No, I'm looking. I was looking at guys like who are guys on bad teams that like Kuznetsov's gone, like Washington's going in the ditch, man. Like, let's be honest. Kuznetsov is in the program. He's not going. He's not going. I know, but Backstrom left. Ovechkin's really slowed down. Um, they're getting old. I'm just saying if there was a guy that would fit the bill, I'm not saying it's going to happen. I'm just saying that's the guy, right? So you have to look at teams because of on Frank's list, I think Noah Hannafin could get a first. And like after that guys, I'm not, I'm not Scott sure. Lawton, I think gets a first Lawton. You think gets a first. Okay. hundred percent. If Sean Monahan's getting a first Scott Lawton's getting a first. Okay. It's got term. 
He's got yeah, term well, and he's, yeah, he's got term. Okay, so that's maybe two. not as impactful offensively, but yeah. he does a lot more. All right, Frank, you're selling. I, uh, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna sell. I will say there's not gonna be four more. So Hannafin, Henrique, Lawton, that's three. And one deal for a future or for a guy with term that we're maybe not talking about. Yeah, I'm about. gonna buy. I'm gonna buy. Yeah. I, so I'll add in uh I was I was originally selling all day, but those three I think are are locks if they if they get traded, which is not yeah. a lock. But then it only takes one additional person that we're not really thinking of. Like a new guy on my board that hasn't been brought up at all is Pavel Buchnevich. He's been unreal in St. Louis. He's got is there a more honestly, is there a more unheralded player that's been a point per game guy when i read your trade targets this morning and i saw that line i was like holy shit he is a point per game guy you go look 182 points in 183 games since joining the blues so why are you trading him because they're they're not gonna pay him they're just not doug doug armstrong got him from the rangers because the rangers weren't gonna pay him as an rfa he only gave up a second round pick to get him Damn. Yeah. So why don't, but my question would be this to, Hey, you just outlined why you should pay him. He's productive. No, but that's the thing. He's turning 30. Your team's not great. You. So would you pay Pavel Buchnevich 8 million a year on a long-term deal? Well, not long-term. See, that's the key. And I well, think the, why does he have any incentive to take short-term? So here's my point in a nutshell. The Blues aren't going to be the team that gives Buchnevich 60 some million dollars. I don't think. That's just my personal opinion, which is why he's on the board. Uh, Rival teams are looking at that roster going, hey, that's a guy that potentially, if we made the right offer, two years of Buchnevich this year and next at 5'8 at a point per game guy, that's your Jake Gensel that no one's talking about. And he's got term. Yeah. Mm. All right, there mm. you go. Vindication mm. for me is I finally got you guys to buy on one of my ideas. I'm going to treat myself by ordering DoorDash for breakfast. That's a wrap on buy or sell. See you, boys. Double dash that for the win. Like I just. Did you hear me? I, I said look, double dash that for the win. Yeah, well, I know. I heard it. But like Bushnevich, that's the other thing. Like you're trading him now. Why? Like the, the Blues are close. Now I get that they, they're probably not a deep playoff run, but guy's really productive. He's got one year left. But if you're not going to be, if you're going to be in the same malaise next year and you're not going to pay him anyway. But a 31, I don't think he's getting eight years. I don't think he's getting seven years when his deal's done. He's not 31. It'll be 30, sorry, when his deal's done, won't he? Yes. Yeah, sorry. He's 28 now. So this year, next year is his 29 year. 30 would be when he starts of his first year. Yeah, so... He's probably he's getting at least six years. Yeah, probably. Are you going to give him eight million a year, eight and a half? But but he's a player to me that has shown, given more opportunity, he's productive, right? And and NHL players now he doesn't have a lot of wear on it, like a lot of tread going on his tires. He hasn't even played five hundred games yet at the age of thirty. Like he doesn't seem to me like a player that's going to hit thirty two and just hit the skids. You know what I mean? No, you like, you are ex, you are making my point for me as to why he should be traded. Well, why? why? I don't understand why teams give up good players. We're like, Hey, here's a guy who's productive for us. We think he's going to be productive for five years. A haul for a guy that you don't have intentions on paying. 
Yeah, I guess. Like, I think the Blues might have, but that was what their intentions were with Petrangelo. How'd that work out? I guess that would be my point, right? They clearly misread the market significantly, the importance of him to your team. And I don't know, like they've signed all these other guys. It's maybe it's like, wow, geez, we don't want to sign the one guy. I'm like, yeah, but he's the most productive guy. Doesn't make sense to me. Okay. Like, hey, I could get why a team would want him, though. You're right. At 5.8 mil, he's a really good value player for two playoff runs. That's that's the, the advantage. But the odds that a late first-round pick becomes Buchnevich, it's pretty low if you're the Blues. So we'll see. Oh, before we go, Frank, are you still in? Did you last? Or are you out? No. <laughs> I suck at the Wendy's Daily Face-Off Survivor Pool again. <laughs> Oh, it's so awesome. People could like, I think I'm going to join now. And I think my goal is I'm going to join next week and see if I can catch Frank and all of the listeners just sign up, go to dailyfaceoff.com in the Wendy survivor pool. And how many, how many right do you get? Cause it's a total, right? What do you got? Seven. I don't know. I don't even know. It's not even enough to be a threat. <laughs> all right. Uh, maybe Ty and I will sign up just to see if we can make a late run to catch Frank. That'll be our, that'll be our goal at the Wendy survivor pool. Sign up people. That'll be our goal. See if we can catch Frank. Have a good one. Do some studying on the weekend, Frank. So maybe you can last till Wednesday next week in the survivor mm. pool. Thanks for listening to the DFO rundown with Saravali and Gregor. Keep it locked on dailyfaceoff.com and subscribe wherever you get your podcast from to never miss an episode. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 
All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special coming your way this playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and let me tell you, it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal. Every playoff game day, you're going to be faced with four questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle. And here's a sneak peek into some of those questions we'll be firing your way. First up, you got to pick the winning team. That sounds simple, right? But there's more. You got to decide if the total amount of goals in the game will be over or under a certain amount. And that's where the real strategy starts to kick in. Next up, you're picking who's going to find the back of the net first. And you're going to want to be careful because that's one that could be cooked early on in the game. And finally, you got to predict which period is going to be the highest scoring. Will it be a barn burner in the first, a shootout in the second, or a nail biter in the third? That's up to you to decide. Now let's talk about prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? For the daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards to treat yourself to some fresh nation gear, and you might even win a jersey from your favorite team. And for the big dogs, those who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge. Play now at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess.